0: Welcome to the Living Epistle Podcast, the place where you will find biblical principles to help you live out your faith on a daily basis and to have a positive impact on the lives of others. So get ready for another powerful episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Hello, my name is Tony Miles and welcome to this week's episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Well, I know some of you were wondering what happened to me last week. I'm sure you're wondering why I didn't do my podcast. Well, if you'll recall, about two weeks ago, I had mentioned that the Men of New Mercy's Christian Church would be having our men's conference uh, that following weekend, which of course was last weekend or the last weekend in September. And so, as you might have already guessed This week's podcast will absolutely be a reflection of what we, the men of New Mercies, experienced last week at our our, uh, men's conference. And so to my sisters who normally listen to me, do not tune out. I promise you that there will be some nuggets that will bless you. And also, if the truth be told, come on, you already want to know what we talked about at the conference anyway. And so while I won't, uh, while I won't tell you everything, I will tell you a couple of things that definitely we experienced while we were at the conference. But before I do that, let me start by saying thank you to the men of new mercies who participated in the conference. And I believe that God really, um, truly, I know for a fact that God met us there, that uh, God convicted us God challenged us. God strengthened us. And most of all, God it has inspired us. He has lit a fire under us to be the men that he has intended for us to be, even before the foundation of the world. And so for that, for that experience, for you brothers, I am truly grateful. And let me also just give a special uh, thanks to uh, Pastor Jesse Kearney III, the senior pastor of New Mercies Christian Church, uh, the conference host, and of course my pastor, uh, (laughs) and uh, and the leadership team at New Mercies, the men's Uh, noble warriors men's ministry leadership team who worked tirelessly to make sure that the logistics of the conference were executed uh, to perfection that everything went off without a hitch and again I just say thank you and with a grateful heart just just thank you for creating an atmosphere and an environment for God to be able to do what God did uh, amongst and through uh, the Men of New Mercies this past weekend. So, all right, having said that, what did I learn, right? Okay, let's cut to the chase. What did I learn? And so I had uh, several key takeaways and I won't share them all, but I will share with you um, during this podcast kind of two major themes that really just stuck with me and really um, just continue to to resonate with me and continue to minister to me and to, to many others and to the men that I uh, continue to interact with and speak with. And So don't worry, I'm not going to preach a sermon. I'm not going to recap the whole conference. I'm really not. But I did want to just highlight, as I mentioned, two um, major themes. And speaking of themes, the theme for this year's Men's Conference was Protect the house and the scriptural reference for that was joshua 24 and 15 and i won't read the whole thing but it's the very famous part of that the last part of that where he's telling the people to decide you know what god they're going to serve the god on this side of the jordan or the god on the other side of the jordan and he concludes he being joshua concludes joshua 24 and 15 by saying choose this day whom you'll serve you know but as for me and my house We will serve the Lord. That's how it concludes in a very uh, familiar scriptural verse. But what... Um, what one of the first uh, things that uh, that I took away from this was, and the first thing we think about when we think about this is we certainly think about our homes. That is our physical dwelling, that habitat, that place where we reside, where we come home to at the end of a long day, the place where we lay our head. That whether it's a home, whether it's an apartment, whether you're living with somebody, you know, whether it's a place of your own, whether it's a place you're renting, whatever. But it's the place where you come. That that place where you come at the end again of a long. Day to lay your head and to rest and refresh and, you know, just kind of that place where you go to unwind that, that physical home. And that's what I'll focus on in this podcast. But I will say this as a, as a, as a caveat to that, but also when we talk about protecting the house, we're also talking about our physical bodies. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're also talking about our houses of worship, the house of the Lord, the church, right? The actual physical building, the church, um, as well as our uh, individual bodies, that temple of the Holy Spirit. So again, I won't go off on that tangent, but I wanted to focus on this in particular, where he's talking about protecting the house. And that was the theme. Right. And so in order to protect the house, the physical house, our dwelling, we must be on guard. And Pastor Kearney did a wonderful job in setting the stage on Friday night where he talked about um, he reminded us that our job as men is to be watchmen on the wall. Watchman on the wall, and what does that mean? It's that you know it, we hear it in in church and we hear it in religious speak, but a watchman's job, a guard's job, somebody who's the watchman, their job is to be alert, their job is to be awake. A watchman is to be actively, not passively, not kind of haphazardly, but a watchman's job, a watchman's responsibility is to be actively looking for any signs of danger. A watchman is to be sober minded they can't they can't have their minds cluttered. They can't have their thoughts going hither, tither, and yon and not being focused on the job at hand, right? Their job is to actively be looking out Force any signs of danger. And what else is the watchman's responsibility? The watchman's responsibility is if he spots danger, if he sees any signs of danger, his job, his responsibility, his call, his charge is to sound the alarm, right? His his charge, and in the scripture reference, they're, they're, the, the watchman would blow the trumpet, they would blow the horn, they would they would make a sound to let the people know That danger is approaching. When they made that sound, it was a sound to let everybody know that danger is approaching so that they can take the appropriate action, the appropriate steps to defend themselves. But here's the part that was really just sobering to me. and What really just struck a nerve with me is this. But if the watchman sounds the alarm and the people don't respond then God does not hold the watchman responsible for what the people don't do or what the people didn't do or what the people don't do. What do I mean by that? In other words, their blood, the blood of the people who don't respond is not on the watchman's hands. In other words, the demise of the people who didn't respond to the call of the watchman, God will not hold the watchman responsible. However, If the watchman sees danger approaching and does not sound the alarm, If the watchman sees the enemy coming, if the watchman sees signs of danger, if the watchman gets any inkling that danger is approaching, the watchman's responsibility is to sound the alarm, right? And so if the watchman does not sound the alarm when he sees the danger approaching, then the demise of the people, the demise of the the people that he's supposed to be watching for, then their blood is squarely on the watchman's hands. In other words, God will hold the watchman responsible for what happens to the people because the watchman was not doing his job. The watchman was not sounding the alarm. The watchman was not doing what he was supposed to do in terms of guarding the people over whom God gave him the charge to be responsible. Right. And so my brothers, my brothers, God has given us this awesome responsibility to be the watchman over our homes, over our families, over our children. If we own businesses, though, God, God has given us uh, the responsibility to be watchmen over our businesses. And even if we aren't business owners, but we are people who are in positions of leadership outside of the home, God is still charging us to be watchmen. Right. And so let's not be caught sleeping and slumbering when we should be awake let's make sure that we're sounding the alarm when we see danger whenever we see danger even if we think we see danger approaching even if we're not sure we've got to be sounding the alarm and let's um what do i mean by that what that means is brothers in our homes if they're things that are happening in our homes, in our marriages, if there are things that are happening in our marriages, in our families, if there are things that are happening in our families or whatever spheres we may travel in, whatever our sphere of influence, if there are things that are going on that are contrary to the will, the design and the purpose of God, brothers, we have to, and sisters, this applies to you too, but in particular, I'm uh specifically speaking out to my brothers who are listening on this on this podcast that we have to begin to speak up and to sound the alarm what does that look like what does that mean that means brothers we have to have those difficult conversations those hard conversations those uncomfortable conversations and we can't have um not have those conversations for the sake of quote unquote what we think is peace because ultimately my brothers and my sisters, we know that if we don't deal with a matter, if we don't deal with an issue, it is going to manifest at some point, And it will be worse because we didn't deal with it in the beginning and we let it go or we turned a blind eye or we turned a deaf ear. And my brothers, I'll say this, and those conversations cannot take place in the heat of the battle, in the heat of the moment. We have to be at a place where we're doing that and having these hard conversations in love, right? And so God is holding us, my brothers, as the watchman over our homes, as the watchman over our families, as the watchman over our children, as the watchman over this next generation. God is holding us responsible to be the watchman and God is holding us responsible to sound the alarm when it needs to be sounded, right? And so with that, let me couple that with, here's the other thing though, that, that really stuck and struck me. And the other big thing for me was, and how do we get the strategy? Where do we get the strategy? How do we have ultimate victory no matter what battle we're facing, right? How is it that God assures us of victory regardless of any battle that we may face? And we know this. This is what we do know. We know that the victory is not won by our might or by our power. Zechariah 4 and 6 reads, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Right. And so we win every battle, my brothers, we win every battle, my sisters, we win it on our knees. And I know we've heard that before, but I pray that you hear it differently this time. I pray that it has a different sound. Why? Because prayer is vital. Prayer is essential. Prayer, you—it it is essential to us having a victorious life. In other words, We cannot have a victorious life. We cannot walk in victory without the power of prayer. And let me give you two examples that just come immediately to mind is King David. King David would always consult with God before going into battle. His question to the Lord would be, Lord, shall I pursue? And the Lord would either say yes or the Lord would even say no. And the Lord would say, it's in your hands. You know, if the Lord tells him, yes, he would tell them, I'm going to deliver the enemy in your hands. But even a greater, a greater warrior and a greater intercessor, and I know we don't think of him this way, was Jesus. Before Jesus began his earthly ministry, Jesus went into the garden of Gethsemane to fast and pray. Yes, the Bible says that he was led away to be tempted of the devil, but how? Before he was tempted by the devil, he was fasting and praying to get clear direction from God and to get the power and the strength from God to begin the earthly assignment that God sent him to earth to complete, right? And so let me pause for a moment and say, what prayer is not prayer is not us going to our genie in a bottle and asking god to give us everything that we need prayer is not us bombarding heaven with our wants our needs our desires our wishes prayer is not us just constantly talking it's not us babbling and murmuring and constantly um just you know trying to uh say say and ask god for what we need if we're not listening We're just having a monologue. That's not prayer. And prayer is not us trying to use big or fancy words or trying to be in a certain position or trying to do it a certain time of the day or certain numbers of times in the day. Prayer is not any of that. Prayer is not us trying to pray like somebody we heard pray or prayer is not trying to sound like somebody we've heard um, pray. That's not prayer. Let me tell you what prayer is. Prayer is communicating with God and there is no communication if there isn't something being sent and received. There is no communication, right? So prayer is us, meaning that we're listening as well as talking when we go to God, meaning I'm listening to hear what God is saying, to hear what the Lord is saying in my prayer time. Prayer is coming to God as my authentic self. What I mean by my authentic self? I'm not trying to sound like anybody else. I'm not trying to pray like anybody else. I'm not trying to look like anybody else. I'm not trying to use words like anybody else. I'm coming just as I am. And I'm coming saying, Lord, it's me. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer and let me tell you this I can assure you of this that God is always God always welcomes people who come before him with a pure heart always we God invites us he bids us to come with a pure heart as a matter of fact Psalm 51 and 17 says a broken and contrite heart these O God You will not despise. God desires for us to come to him with our pure heart, with our pure desires, with our pure motives and to ask of him what we will, but also to listen, because you see, when we come before the Lord with a pure heart and with pure motives, he will give us what we need in order to stand. He'll give us what we need in order to fight. He'll give us what we need in order to endure. He'll give us what we need ultimately, my brothers and my sisters, to be victorious. And it may not be the way that we would want it or the way that we've thought about it, but ultimately we are assured victory when we take our needs, when we take our desires, when we take our requests, when we come humbly before God, we are assured that he is listening to our prayers. We are assured that the victory is ours, no matter what we're facing. Let us truly remember that we serve the, not a, but the almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who created Jesus, the one who raised him from the dead. And if God can raise anybody and anything from the dead. Surely he can handle whatever we bring before him. The ultimate purpose is that God desires to have fellowship with us. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, in order for us to be reconciled back to him so that he can have communion, that he can have fellowship, that he can have intimacy with us. And every battle that we face, if you don't remember anything else, every battle that we face we win it on our knees we don't win it by our intellect we don't win it by our wealth we don't win it by our education we don't win it by uh birth order we don't win it by any of those other things that the world might say this is how you do it what the scripture reminds us of is we win every battle that we face on our knees, the battle for our homes, the battle for our children, the battle for this generation, the battle, no matter what trials or tribulations or struggles, the battle for our health, our mental health, our physical health, the battle for our marriages, the battle for our finances, the battle for our jobs, the battle for this nation, the battle for our school system. You put the whatever the battle is that you're facing and remember to get on your knees and go before the Lord God Almighty and ask and plead and intercede and hear what the Lord is saying. And I promise you that victory is assured when we go before the Lord with a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Remember, family, preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. This is Tony Miles. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle. Join us again next week. For another episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Music for Living Epistle Podcast is provided by Audionautics.com.